You're traveling through another dimension. A dimension comprised of knowledge, opinions, and entertainment. A journey on a virtual information highway into a wondrous land whose boundaries are more distant than the outer reaches of the Twitter sphere. Your next stop, the Trend Zone. Aw, oh, yeah, we're not the suits that talk football, we're the dudes that know football, and you've just crossed over into the Trend Zone. Casey here with Dave. We are the football dudes. Dave, are you ready, bro? Oh, yeah. You got that right, my friend. Ah, yeah, that's the signpost up ahead. Your next stop, the Trend Zone. It's Wednesday, February 7th. We're coming to you from Los Angeles, California, and it's a beautiful 56 degrees. Dave, the atmospheric river finally stopped flowing, bro. It's dry today. Dude, we survived the deluge, but it was uh, it was pretty crazy. It was. It was, uh, it was flooding everywhere, but you know what they always say? But we needed the rain. We needed yeah, it. we just need. We didn't need those mudslides. Yeah, no, bad. mud and flood bad. Rain good. <laughs> In today's episode, we'll talk about the coaching carousel. It's totally full, and we'll tell you about the last coach to hop on board. Clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. We'll talk a little Friday night lights, NFL style, baby, and of course. The biggest game of the year, Super Bowl 58. But Dave, we can't talk Super Bowl until we pack a Super Bowl full of tasty nugs. What you got? <laughs> All right. You might, might want to save your money for more of those tasty nugs, Casey, rather than purchasing a Super Bowl ad. Once again, the cost of the Super Bowl spot, 30 seconds will run you a cool 7 mil or $233,333 per second. Righteous bucks. Yeah, it's a little bit costly, but yeah. hey, it's worth it. Well worth I it. I think I will save my money for nugs because <laughs> you know why I don't have to spend any money on the Trend Zone, the podcast you're listening to right now for free on subscription, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. Get out there, like, and subscribe. All right, Dave, pretty good news for your Chargers or our Los Angeles Chargers last week. Obviously right. hiring Jim Harbaugh as the new head coach. And stealing uh, player personnel, Joe Hortiz from the Ravens to be your new GM. More good news for the Chargers. That's right. They bring in Michigan's, uh, Michigan's defensive coordinator, Jesse Minter, to do the same job for the Chargers. Bring in Greg Roman to become the offensive coordinator as well. So um, two solid, solid hires. Uh, and we brought in this strength coach from Michigan that's also got a reputation of really, really setting the dudes up. Uh, in the weight room to be successful. Um, everything just seems to be coming together. Uh, Chargers hitting on all the right moves right now. Yeah, Charger, anti-Charger, Chargering. Good stuff, <laughs> man. I don't know how to react. We're it's breaking pretty exciting. the here in this yeah. offseason, too, on the staff. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be good. All right, Dave, when we left the show last week, there was one final opening on the carousel. Carousel is shut down. All seats are full. Yeah, the commanders were the team. Uh that was still searching Casey. They have found their guy. It is former cowboy, former cowboy, your guy there, DC Dan Quinn from the Cowboys is now their new head coach. So it's going to be pretty awesome to see what he can do there. Obviously in the division uh, incest is best, I guess in the East. Yeah. You know, he had been uh, interviewing for jobs last couple of years. They really thought he was going to be gone. Uh, came back, had a lot of success. The playoffs didn't end so well for Dan. The Durs were the last one to hire their coach. He's also bringing Joe Witt Jr. with him. He's the D.C. Um, he was much beloved in Cowboy land, but he got to go because 
of the promotion there. So um, we'll see if DQ can get it turned down, uh, turned around in DC. But Dave, they also have a new OC in Washington, and this one brings lots of speculation. Yeah, interesting indeed. As Cliff Kingsbury has uh, agreed to be the OC there in Washington, and he obviously has recently been coaching a one Caleb Williams, who is arguably going to be the top pick in the draft, speculatively. Um, the uh, Washington football team has the second pick in the draft. So one would wonder if there's any way they could get their hands on that first pick or would they be okay with a different quarterback? Or is this move that they're making here at the offensive coordinator position suggesting that they're willing to climb up that one spot and pay what it, what it takes to get their guy? New ownership, new coach, new GM, new DC, new OC. I think they need to make a big splash. Caleb Williams from the DC area played high school football there. True. Um, I think they are going to figure out a way to make that happen. Dave, any more big news in the coaching ranks? Maybe some lineage from former good coaches. That's right. Um, let's see. So, a lot of moves were made, Casey. It's hard to even narrow it down. You can't down keep here. up with all the coordinator stuff. There is actually so much of it. It seems busier than ever before. I mean, it we does. know each year there's like seven or eight head coaches, but like the coordinator the- shuffle is ridiculous now. Yeah, actually, the Titans, uh, you know, they bring in Brian Callahan, who's uh, uh, he's going to be, you know, uh, on that staff there uh, as the play caller there. And of course, he's the son of Bill Callahan, former. Raiders coach who brought the Raiders to the Super Bowl. I mean, other news, you know, that is of note in terms of dudes bringing, uh, you know, like lineage in. How about the Rams bringing in Chris Shula, the grandson of the great coach Don Shula? He'll be their defensive coordinator there. Um, another guy it, talking about that lineage situation. How about um, New Orleans Saints, bringing baby. in C- Clint Kubiak? Right Cubes. to be their offensive coordinator, of course, son of Gary Kubiak. Um, Cubes, what can we say? Cubes, yeah, and uh, you know, the, the constant evolution of the game moves around. Few head coaches getting back into the mix. Um, Arthur Smith, he's going to be the OC yeah. in Pittsburgh. Leslie Frazier is going to be the DC under. Mike McDonald in Seattle and Dave, one more head coach, former head coach, Marv Lewis is joining the Raiders. Ooh, crazy. So, so good gets there with those older guys that are not going to be the guy, but they're Mm going to sort of guide the guy a little bit like that right hand man, that, that sort of uh, wise um, person to lean on. So I think that those are some really good hires, I think for those organizations. Yeah, now the Cowboys, I think that's the only D.C. job left out there. They're looking at Zim. They're looking at Ron Rivera. And today a word came out that Rex Ryan was getting an interview too. So we'll see. They're not, uh, you know, going the uh, young up-and-comer coordinator route. They're going the old uh, tried and true. So we will see what ultimately happens. I could expect Jera to make an announcement maybe Friday or Saturday, something that like yeah. usurps a little of the buzz from the Super Bowl, if that's even <laughs> He's possible. He's waiting until a couple hours before the Super Bowl so they can interview, interview Jera at the Super Bowl. <laughs> he does everything. But more big. important than a big game, right? That's right. What's happening in <laughs> Dallas, baby. 
Oh, well, speaking of Dallas and big things happening, Friday Night Lights, high school football in Texas is huge. But we got Friday Night Lights NFL style now. Yeah. I mean, this is an awesome (laughs) new twist that I didn't see coming. But opening weekend, right after that Thursday game where the Super Bowl champion will be hosting uh, that Thursday kickoff game to start the season. Now we're talking about a Friday night game, and this one's going to be in Brazil, where they really know how to put massive events on. Uh, this thing is going to be fantastic. I'm super, super stoked that they've got this going. It's just going to make that first opening weekend that much more insane. I, yeah. I mean, if this isn't the start of a new tradition, I'll be blown away. This one nails it for me. What do you think, Case? Well, when you said you were getting a Brazilian, this is not what I thought was happening. So this is actually better. Uh, I'm totally <laughs> stoked on this. Eagles have to travel, bring in the game, going, you know, everywhere over the globe, man. They're just picking new places for complete domination. So um, yeah. that is what is on board for the NFL. They also announced um, the host teams of uh, the games in London. We're talking the Bears, Vikings, and Jags will all be playing in London. And the Panthers hosting the game in Germany in Munich. And yeah. there is a little buzz yeah. around there that um, they might be hosting the Dallas Cowboys. We'll Ooh, that'd be pretty awesome, dude. And as we talked about uh, with this year's game in Germany, man, NFL Europe was thriving in mm-hmm. Germany. They really dig their football. So it's no surprise that uh, th- that's this German thing will be a repeat uh, event as well moving forward. I, I can imagine that that uh, part of the international landscape is increased because they definitely enjoy football in Germany. So we had the Rhine Fire. That's right. The Berlin Thunder. Uh-huh. That's right. Frankfurt. Galaxy. Yeah, the Galaxy. That's right. Good call. And yeah. the Cologne. Yeah. Centurions, yeah. baby. Hello, Centurions. Yeah, I think by the end of the, the deal, I think five of the six teams were um, teams that were in Germany, actually. Yeah. So um, the other teams that were in England and um, Spain and stuff didn't have as good a, a, a fan support. So the Germans, they were there. They, man. they were they they there for American it. Football. <laughs> All right, Dave, it used to seem like the two weeks off between the Super Bowl took forever They finally moved the Pro Bowl activities to that off week. I know you spent a lot of time watching that. (laughs) (laughs) Berlin Thunder, Casey. I just remembered another one. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry, I digress. We went to the – I watched all of the Pro Bowl activities. Some I could, you know, but the flag game was pretty damn awesome. Um, NFC prevails 64 59 much like the nfl regular season games this thing came down to the very last possession of fourth and goal for the afc and the nfc gets the stop there um like i said some of the games are silly but the flag is enjoyable and i think it's up and coming you know kids aren't having to play tackle football as early in their career 2028 olympics also going to have flag football so um i think the nfl is actually on to something here I think you're absolutely right there. They are on to something and there, there wasn't, um, you know, legitimate football happening in the pro bowl for years there. No. So this, I'm going to, you know, narrows down the field there. Um, and you know, it's, it's a lot fewer dudes going against each other and they're, you know, they're going for it. They're, you know, yeah. 
there so it 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 just ramped up the competitiveness back to where we want it to be where we're watching pro athletes put their pride on the line and and you know performing uh, you know at their tops trying to win they are into it dude that's evident when you watch the play and i can't believe i'm saying this i like eli manning He's hysterical the way he just ribs Peyton all the time and how intense these cats get on the sideline trying to win this game. So everybody is all in on it. And uh, I think it's a pretty cool deal. So they could switch up some of the games, you know, leading up to it. But I think the format is cool. You get points if you win these events and they're applied to what the starting score of the football game is. They play a quarter, do a couple events, play another quarter, do some stuff. So um, hmm. the NFL gets it right on most stuff. Yeah, sounds good. All right. So this week we're heading into Vegas. And Dave, I don't know if everybody out there in Listensville's has heard about this place, the Sphere, mm-hmm. but it is a multi-billion dollar um comes out of the imagination of the uh the MSG group. This thing is out of control, <laughs> and um it's just visually stunning. Tons of LED lights. How are they incorporating this into the Super Bowl, Casey? What are we talking about here? They Well, already they've changed it into the helmets and done some stuff, but they're going to have something going on during the game and showing at least stats or play from the game. They have a good idea of what's going on, and I'm sure we're going to bump to it every commercial break. But the thing is just absolutely visually crazy, and they're doing stuff inside too, showing off Super Bowl rings from all the – different Super Bowls and, you know, kind of like the uh, the NFL experience that they do when the Super Bowl comes to town. It's happening there. But um, this thing has 256 million different colors, dude. Um, wow. 1.2 million LED pucks spaced eight inches apart. They're not even sure what the total capabilities of this place are. I'm going to go do a little research. Dead & Company coming to the Sphere in May of this year. I will go and give you a full report. From what I can remember, yeah, after the show it's actually, you don't even need to be on psychedelics because that will be provided for you by the sphere. It's going to be absolutely mind bending, and I'm completely <laughs> stoked about it. You know what else is mind bending, Dave? What's that? It's Super Bowl week. Super Bowl Fifty Eight is here. I cannot believe it, Casey. It just seems like it's gone so fast. Yeah, it has. It's gone. It's slipping away. It's gone, dude. It's absolutely gone. We got Super Bowl 58, the San Francisco 49ers versus the Kansas City Chiefs. The Niners are a point and a half favorite in this thing. The over is 47 and a half. Dave, got some fun facts leading up to this thing. Get us started for the people. Yeah, how about the kid stuff, Casey? Patrick Mahomes and Brock Purdy were both in elementary school the last time an NFL team won consecutive Super Bowls. That's pertinent to this one, Casey. That was, of course, the New England Patriots uh, beating the Philadelphia Eagles to get their second Super Bowl. Uh, I'm sure you gleefully remember that one. Andy Reid, of course, was on the Eagles sideline for that one. So uh, this time, Reid, Mahomes, and the Chiefs have an opportunity to break the longest uh, stretch there of seasons without a repeat champion in NFL history. There, uh, there were eight repeat winners over the first 39 Super Bowls but none over the last 18 Super Bowls. So the Chiefs looking to break that spell. And Casey, how about this? Be like Mike. What does that mean? After watching his father, Mike Shanahan, win consecutive Super Bowls uh, in 97 and 98, 
uh, as head coach of the Broncos, the younger Shanahan with a victory this week would make that father-son tandem the first to do so in NFL history. So that would be pretty awesome. Yeah, well. Look, I like that know, better than the other one. With no, the whole, dude, with let's the, go back to back, baby, with these Chiefs because it's Planet Mahomes and we're all just living on it, dude. He could get his third Super Bowl victory. Only four previous quarterbacks, Tom Brady, Terry Bradshaw, Joe Montana, and Troy Aikman had three or more Super Bowls. And this sick freak, dude, Pat Mahomes is a sick freak. At 28, will become the youngest quarterback in history to start his fourth Super Bowl. Two years faster than Tom Brady, who did it at 30, dude. And if he wins, he would join Brady and Troy Aikman as the only quarterbacks to ever win three Super Bowls prior to their 30th birthday. I mean, what can you say? <laughs> He's uh, a sicko, dude. It's it's incredibly impressive. The Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, and maybe even extended to Travis Kelsey combination has been uh, just absolutely dynamite. Yeah, absolutely crazy, man. Rock and roll. All right, these ones go to 11, Casey. That is the number of Pro Bowls that Trent Williams, 49ers tackle, will have heading into this Super Bowl. 11 Pro Bowls, dude. Pretty wow. Impressive. Yeah, good for Trent, former Sooner, maybe the best tackle in the game. Yeah. He's no question. awesome. What about Big Red, Dave? <laughs> when uh, Kansas oh, City no. hired, <laughs> hey now, or what? I don't even know what the hell Kool Aid guy says, but either way, they hired Andy Reid on uh, January 7th of 2013. Since that day, 11 seasons, the Chiefs have not had a losing record no other team during that streak has gone more than five seasons without a losing record big red has doubled that and he's led his team to the super bowl and for the past five years so teams aren't even going more than five years without a losing record this cat's going to four super bowls in five years and before big red got there um It'd been 49 seasons without a Super Bowl, dude. So wow. uh, it's hard to believe that, you know, the old narrative on this guy was he can't win the big game. And now it seems that's all he does. Yeah, no doubt. It's, and thank goodness for uh, Tom Brady and the Bucks. Otherwise, we'd be looking at even a more insane stretch of Super Bowls here with the um, with the Chiefs here. Oof, man, those stats are <laughs> it's crazy dude and the nfl is set up for that not to happen yeah, you know what i mean that it's the most it, there is a ton of parody but the chief said i got your parody right here yeah no kidding right mm-hmm. all right something's got to give casey Allegiant stadium opened in 2020 uh both of these teams are undefeated in the stadium combining to be five and oh at the stadium chiefs are four and oh i guess that means crunching the numbers here doing a little math um, the Niners are one and oh, yeah, carry the one, yeah, move sure. the decimal two spots. And Dave, the 49ers going to their eighth Super Bowl, tied for second most among NFL teams. They can tie the Patriots and Stillers for most Super Bowl wins with six. They already have 38 postseason wins, that is the most among NFL clubs. So, speaking of these Niners, let's go ahead and get it started with that San Francisco offense. Pretty All right. Prolific. This offense was very, very good this year. Second in yards per game at almost 410, fourth in passing, third in rushing. 
and third in points at almost 29 points a game that ended the season there. They also were one of the better teams in the league on converting third downs at 47 and a half percent. So a really, really consistent uh, and balanced offense that the Niners are fielding here. Yeah, it's easy to convert third downs when it's like third and one, third and three. Yeah. Like just uh, you said a complete offense and it absolutely is that they can hit you with the run or the pass. Yeah. They were actually the fourth team ever to um, have a 4,000 yard passer and four players two uh, running back, two wide receivers and a tight end each with a thousand scrimmage yards in the Crazy. same season. So absolutely ridiculous, nice balanced distribution between all kinds of different weapons. So they can get you every which way. Yeah. And Brock Purdy looking to be, the first seventh round um, drafted quarterback to ever win a Super Bowl. And he's gone from Mr. Irrelevant to um, Mr. Maybe MVP. Yeah, no, no question, dude. He led the NFL, <laughs> excuse me, in quarterback rating at 113, ranked third in TD passes with 31, fifth in, yard, in pass yards at 4,280 in the regular season. Um, and, you know, he actually was the fifth player ever with eight games of a quarterback greater, a passing rating rating of 120 plus in the season. So eight games, man. I mean, that's insane. And in uh, the championship game, he lit it up pretty well. Uh, 315 yards, 267 throwing the football, but even almost more impressively, 48 rushing yeah. yards. We didn't see that coming in that championship game. Um, he's going to be, uh, he became with that the fourth quarterback ever, uh, with four playoff wins in his first two seasons. So, um, yeah, I mean, obviously overlooked in the draft process, mm -hmm. but at this point in time, nobody's overlooking this dude. And for back-to-back -back games against the uh, Packers, had to bring those guys back in the fourth quarter against the Lions a couple weeks ago. I had to bring them back again in the fourth quarter. So um, a lot of people are saying it's the system. It's not the system. He yeah. is running this thing like a fine-tuned machine. And he's making – you got playmakers there, but he's making these guys pretty damn dynamic, dude. No doubt about it. I mean, the, the there are certainly playmakers here. Ayuk, 75 receptions, 1,342 yards. That was seventh most in the NFL, seven TDs in the regular season. Um, he had a really – a decent game there in the championship game as well. Um, last time these two teams met, which – was not that long ago, right? It was 22 mm -hmm. or something like that. 23 rather, excuse me. Um, they had, he had seven catches for 82 yards in that game. So, um, and then the other dude, Debo Samuel, when he's on versus off the field, the stats per play are like, they take yeah. a leap, man, 60 catches, 1117 yards, uh, from scrimmage for Debo and including 225 rush yards. So they love to incorporate him into the ground game there, 12 TDs for the regular season. So um, eight catches and 89 yards in the championship game um, to get to the Super Bowl. So just a really impressive, uh, you know, arsenal of, of guys there at the receiving position. Yeah. And when they played uh, the Super Bowl uh, 54 against those Chiefs, he had five catches and 92 scrimmage yards. So a big part of that. And then George Kittle, there might not be a more complete tight end in the league. He could just sit there and block you all run game long, pancaking you, and yeah. then hit you for the big pass play downfield, too, at a moment's notice. He does a little bit of everything.
Yeah, he certainly does. He's arguably the best tight end, but certainly one of them. And, the, and we have two of the, the great ones on, on the field for this game. But 65 grabs over 1,000 yards on the season. Um, so that was the most yardage-wise for tight ends uh, going uh, this season, six touchdowns in the regular season as well. So um, pretty, uh, you know, like I said, pretty diverse. Like you said, he loves to be involved in the run mm-hmm. game with a, as a brutal blocker. <laughs> yeah, and six grabs, 98 yards, and a TD uh, when they met in the regular season last time. But Dave, Christian McCaffrey, dude, this guy is putting together or put together one of the most prolific seasons we've seen at the running back position, does a little bit of everything, and uh, yeah, it's completely unstoppable. Absolutely. I mean, we've always known this guy was oozing talent and, you know, just a specimen, but uh, 2,023 scrimmage yards on the season, 1,459 rush yards, um, 21 scrimmage touchdowns on the year. And he is just an absolute dynamo. When he gets it going, then everything starts working for this offense. Yeah. And his pops, easy Ed McCaffrey was on those Broncos teams in yeah. the late nineties. Always had the thing like his neck. Was like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I remember that. And he was just a gamer too, but um, McCaffrey is a huge part of this offense run pass game. You mentioned all that. Um, they kind of go as he goes, but they, um, the San Francisco defense goes pretty strongly as well. Yeah, let's start off with the general stats there. Seventh in yards per game, 14th uh, versus the pass, third versus the run, and third in points given up at 17.5 points per game on the season. Uh, they also uh, pretty good at getting after the quarterback, seventh uh, in sacks with 48 on the season, and fifth in takeaways with 24. That helped the overall turnover ratio uh, to be a plus 10 at the end of the season. So uh, just an excellent, excellent, and again, like the offense, very balanced and deep uh, defense. Yeah, and up front, it starts there. Two of the best in the game, Nick Bosa and Eric Armstead, both had solid, solid seasons. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, Bosa is an absolute difference maker. He's made it clear to the refs also that um, please be on the lookout for the holding that the, oh, Chiefs, dude, the Chiefs hold on every play. <laughs> every play. <laughs> every play they are holding. So Bosa has uh, sent the warning there. Uh, please make sure you are aware of that because if he gets a chance to get it going, uh, he can really uh, put some heat on the quarterback. Obviously, it's tough to get Mahomes down, but um, Maho- uh, this guy Bosa, man, he is the absolute beast at, at attacking the quarterback. Yeah, two sacks in the NFC Championship, 10 sacks in 11 playoff games. And dude, uh, Eric Armstead, he had a fumble recovery in the NFC Championship game, was a huge turning point in that game after the Jameer Gibbs picked it up and uh, watched that Detroit lead go. Yeah, no, right you know, I mean, that. filling out that line, you got Chase Young, right, and Javon Hargrave. I mean, this is just a – Randy Gregory. Oh, really, really – really deep group that can really send waves after you and do uh, each of these guys could, could be the dude that makes a big play here or there that, that changes the game. Yeah. And as good as they are up front, they're even better at linebacker and I'll fight you if you say any differently. No, God, I know Fred Warner, arguably the best linebacker in the game at this mm-hmm. point, led the team with 132 tackles had uh, 11 passes defensed and four picks in the regular season. And, and I mean, he is just the guy that's everywhere all all the time. Yeah, his versatility is insane, but the motor that he plays with, the want to like, and the 
physicality of his – I just love this guy's game. I hate that he's on the Niners, um, but you can count on him to make a handful of big plays in every game that he's in. He did have the huge interception and in Super Bowl 54 against these Chiefs. Yeah, no question about it. And then uh, alongside of him, Dre, Dre Greenlaw also sort of with with a little bit in the shadow of Fred Warner, but, I mean, in an, in his own right, an incredibly talented um, and active, aggressive uh, linebacker. And, man, he, he can really get it going too. Yeah, he had the two interceptions against Green Bay that kind of helped turn that game around. And speaking of interception, dude, Javarius Ward, he led the NFL with career-high 23 passes defense. Why did you keep trying him? And had a career-high of five interceptions in the regular season. Um, 13 passes uh, defended in 16 playoff games. Uh, and this guy was a former chief. So yes. um, bad blood there. Yeah, no doubt about it. So it'd be interesting to see if he can make a big play against his former squad. So um, very, very interesting indeed. And that was a little Taylor Swift reference. They flew right, yeah, past went, it, right yeah, over yeah, me. Yeah. Yeah. And I said, Carrie King's new band. Then you might've gotten in there. That is sick, dude. I love the sound of that. I'm digressing, <laughs> but Slayer is one of the best bands ever. But speaking of one of the best ever, let's go ahead and talk about this Kansas City offense. Yep, ninth in points per game, sixth in passing, just 19th in rushing, and 15th only uh, in points per game at 21.8 on the season. So um, the offense was not as prolific as we're accustomed to seeing an Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes-led offense be. But as they've hit their playoff stride, they have certainly uh, rounded into shape. Yeah, dude. Well, I mean – that Raiders game was Christmas or Christmas Eve or something. Yep. The offense still looked out of sorts that late into the regular season. That's right. But these cats were bored. And then it comes the postseason. And hey, guess what? The Chiefs are back. They do whatever they want. A little bad news they left guard Joe Tooney. He's a long shot to even practice this week, much less play in the Super Bowl. He's got that peck injury. So um, he got hurt in the Ravens game. So if not, um, Nick Allegretti is going to start. Um, and also, uh, speaking of that run game, struggling a little bit, Jarek McKinnon is unlikely to play this weekend, too. This is a bummer because this cat has been a major part of this offense in the passing game out of the backfield. So, yeah, certainly um, last in last year's playoff mm -hmm. run and in through the playoffs, he was incredibly impactful, like you said, catching touchdowns out of the back. Yeah, it was like six, eight, or nine, something crazy like that. Six, had a whole six bunch games of those. in a row or something like that. Yeah. Um, and and you, the the loss of of Tooney, uh, both of these tackles for the Chiefs have struggled, and that's one of the reasons I think that this offense hadn't really hit its stride. Mm -hmm. um, the interior of the Chiefs' offensive line is very very physical and dominant, but uh, it's these tackles, and so losing Tooney, their best of the of the tackles um, there is going to be a an issue here for them. So they're going to have to obviously game plan around that, certainly knowing the defense that they're going against. And we watched how badly um, this Chiefs team struggled when the O-line was in disarray against Tommy and those Bucks. Mm -hmm. Hopefully it's not a repeat. We can only hope, right? No, no, Dave. <laughs> Football dudes are on the other sides of this game. <laughs> AFC, NFC. But Dave, it all starts with Patrick Mahomes. I mean, it's kind of sick. They could just... This guy could be the MVP. He didn't have the numbers this season, but the play yeah. says something completely different. 
Yeah, I mean, six, and we just talk about playoff starts. This includes obviously this season, but going back to last season, six and zero with eleven TDs and zero interceptions in his last playoffs, uh, six playoff starts, one hundred and seven point six passer rating in those games. So he certainly has dialed it up mm-hmm. um, in the last postseason and this postseason as well. Um, versus San Francisco, he's three and zero with over a thousand yards passing in those three football games, averaging three hundred and forty-one yards a game, nine TDs, and uh, quarterback rating of one hundred six point seven uh, in those three starts, including the win in the Super Bowl um, four years ago. Yeah, and then just as the offense woke up. Travis Kelsey woke up in the playoffs too against Baltimore in the AFC championship, 11 catches, 116 yards and a touchdown. That's his eighth career playoff game with a hundred or more receiving yards tied in this cat, Jerry Rice. Yeah. He's I've heard of that good. guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 156 postseason postseason catches. That's the most ever. And 1810 playoff receiving yards, 19 playoff receiving touchdowns. Um, it's just an outstanding, outstanding player. Um, and it's, it's so odd, you know, it doesn't seem like he should be like, why we, the other team knows he's this Do good. They? <laughs> like, They're like pass amnesia gas out or something. It's like, oh yeah, but Travis Kelsey. And then he's just sitting there wide open. Wide open. He yeah. Easily, he knows the defenses so well that he understands the spots that he holds up in and he finds those uh, breakdowns in the, in the defensive scheme. And, the the you know the telepathy literally between these two dudes Mahomes and Kelsey is off the charts though um they know exactly what the other guy's thinking yeah and sometimes they just do what they want it and the other guy gets it man yeah first touchdown against the Ravens sick throw but it's that like you said that mind meld that these guys know what's going on and Kelsey touchdown reception in eight of his last nine playoff games TD catch in two of his three career Super Bowls, including the last time Super Bowl 54 against those Niners. Early on in the season, Dave, Mahomes didn't have any trusted receivers beside Travis Kelsey. As the season went on, Rossi Rice just continued to elevate his game, dude. Yeah, he did, and he has established himself amongst a group of talented potential dudes to replace Tyreek Hill as the other go-to guy. Mm-hmm. Rasheed Rice has emerged eight catches, 46 yards uh, in the AFC championship game. And he's got five or more catches in eight of the last nine games overall. So that shows you that he's built that consistent uh, trust that from Mahomes. Um, so he's on a pretty nice tear heading into in, in this postseason as well. Yeah. And speaking of that trust, we saw Patrick Mahomes trust MVS really struggled in the regular season, had a couple of huge drops, some costly, you know, game losing drops. And in the AFC championship, who did Mahomes go to for the game winner? MVS. And, you know, earlier on in the uh, when he dropped that game, was that I can't remember if it was a Green Bay. It was one of the Monday night games that he dropped the potential game winner. Mahomes came out and was like, I needed to take a little bit off of that. He did that in the yeah. AFC championship and made a nice catchable ball for scaling. And he caught it and had some huge plays in the divisional round too. So um, these chiefs are just bored by the regular season. And yeah. is it coaching? Is it players? They're playing their best football when it matters the most. And that's something that, um, you know, separates good teams from great teams. Yeah, no doubt about it. 
So and dude, the running game you mentioned, they were not that nineteenth in rushing. It feels like a lot more than that. I think it's because of the way Isaiah Pacheco runs, dude. Yeah, he like punishes defenses for <laughs> attempting to tackle him. And he always seems to twist and turn and smash ahead and get get extra yards. He's constantly seemingly a little bit banged up because that's how much he's just inflicting damage on the other team and his body takes uh, damage along the way. But I mean, just a phenomenal effort back. He just, he runs and plays like a bigger dude than he is. And, you know, Clyde Edwards Alaire, he was supposed to be this rising star. Had, he's had some good games here and there, but don't be surprised if you see this cat make a couple of huge plays on Sundays, accepted yeah. his role, and he's thrived in it. He hasn't made a peep, no discord there at all. He knows his role on the team, and he's embraced it, and um, you know he is just a play away from something big happened too. So I like the running back situation there, even though the production hasn't been great. Um but Dave, we mentioned that this Kansas City defense, dude, I don't think we can give them as enough love on this show. It was like week five or six when we talked about the defense. You could say you can't really say that a defense is carrying the Chiefs, but they were. And that's been <laughs> yeah. the case. And Spags has put together something very special with these guys. No doubt, dude. I mean, this is one of the best defenses in the league. Second in yards per game, fourth versus the pass. 18th, though, in rushing. So that one could be crucial in this particular matchup second though in the most important stat which is points given up at just over 17 points a game also second in sacks with 57 but they didn't force a lot of turnovers 27th in takeaways with just 17 on the regular season their turnover differential was in negative 11 one of the worst in the league at the end of the year casey yeah and this goes to showing you how the chiefs Get ready for the post. Uh, Mahomes in the regular season, 14 interceptions. I think that's a career high. In the postseason, zero. He knows when to dial this shit in, and yeah. um, you know they get it together. And I don't know if this is going to be his last game as a Chief. Chief fans certainly hopes not. Charger fans certainly hope so. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Chris Jones, dude, an absolute freaking game wrecker mm -hmm. does not get the credit he deserves when people talk about the best defensive players in the league mm -hmm. he lines up where he wants to they move him around he finds matchups that where the dude can't handle his skill set he's yeah. got an unbelievable burst off the line of scrimmage unbelievable handwork um and yeah it's i mean this guy is a difference maker play in and play out now you add George Karloftis, the Greek god of sacks. He had a sack and a fumble recovery in the AFC Championship and has a, a sack in three of his past four games. They get pressure up front. Spags can get busy with the blitz too, but these guys can really get after the quarterback. And I don't they're not Warner and Greenlaw, but the combination of Bolton and Tranquil yeah. um, for the Chiefs do a ton of work. And, dude, I know it pains you, Drew Tranquil, the former Charger. He's former Domer, too. Unbelievable season, especially at the value. ROI off the charts, bro. Yeah, no question. He's on a one-year cheapo contract by the Chiefs, uh, convinced by Andy Reid to, quote, think red. And they somehow suckered him into a, a, a team-friendly deal. The guy was all over the place in the championship game. Seemed like he was making plays left and right. Mm -hmm. When he wasn't making the play, like literally hitting somebody and tackling them, uh, he was 
changing the the play uh, with his aggressiveness. He was all over the place. Uh, he's looking for his third game in a row with seven or more tackles. So he's just a, you know, he's one of those, uh, he is plays bigger than his body. He is his aggressiveness just like translates, you know, to, yeah. uh, to playmaking. And um, the, the cornerbacks and the safeties are pretty styling too. McDuffie had a really nice year, but dude, Legereus Sneed, five tackles and a forced fumble in the AFC championship, seven tackles and two pass breakups in Super Bowl 57 against those Eagles. But what about Justin Reed, bro? Yeah, he had a sack in the championship game against Baltimore as well. Uh, that was his first career playoff sack. He has six tackles in each of his two career games versus San Francisco. So as a safety, he's aggressive getting the getting the job done uh, back there. And like you said, Sneed is a dude that can kind of tr- take away the other team's top mm-hmm. uh, top you know receiving threat. And he um, you know he just he's a grabby dude. He's sticky. He's all over the the. And we'll just see, um, you know, what what everybody in this whole thing, because when we look at this game in the bigger picture, like some of the storylines are going to be like, what will the role that the officials play Mm -hmm. in this ballgame? You know, how much will they will a guy like Jerry Sneed get away with with his little grabs? He's real good at it, you know, and how much uh, will various players get away with uh, holding, whether it be offensive or defensive? Yeah, Bill Vinovich. It's going to be an all-star crew, but that's the ref. It'll be interesting to see how tight they play this game or what they call there. But Dave, so how do you see this thing uh, playing out on Sunday? Yeah, I mean, I think it's probably going to play out a lot like the Super Bowl did last time when these two teams met. Uh, I look at this Niners team um, as a, as a, you know, a a chance to get out in front, but if they don't, put away the chiefs they'll suffer the same fate that they did last time where they were out in front 20 to 10 and were scored on three unanswered touchdowns and gave up uh the super bowl victory to this this chief squad you can't let mahomes hang around so mm-hmm. they have the the cheat the the niners have to sort of set the tone offensively and if they can establish the running game against this very good Chiefs defense, but whose weakest uh, you know spot was stopping the run, um, if they can get McCaffrey going, then that will go a huge way for this 49ers offense to sort of start clicking. And then they need to stack some points. Yeah, it's going to be interesting because now this Chiefs team, they can hit you. You want to do a shootout? We can play that game. If it has to be a grinded out defensive battle, they can do that as well against those Ravens a couple weeks ago, didn't score a point in the second half, but it didn't matter because that defense was just like, yeah. So um, it's a very fascinating game. The run will be a huge part of what, if San Francisco does have success, if they stick with it early, really, Mm -hmm. you know, commit to those running formations and just try to pound the rock there. And what, what can Spags dial up? Nobody's really been able to get, uh, Purdy off his mark, except that game that they had when they got blowed out by the Ravens and had all those turnovers. But, you know, teams yeah. have a clunker here and there. But what can Spags dial up? Can they get pressure back there? And then can the uh, the backside of the Chiefs hold up? And I think that um, I think the Chiefs will be able to score offensively, and they're going to run more than they have in the past, uh, holding on to the ball, not turning this thing over. Who's going to make the big play? Will someone have the big mistake? 
Um, yeah. Probably going to come down to the and final you drive. About spags, Casey, but how about the other side with, we've got Shanahan and Reed. Reed, we talked about, couldn't get over the big, uh, the couldn't get the big win, couldn't mm-hmm. win the big game ultimately uh, for a large portion of his career. Shanahan has suffered that uh, as coordinator for the Falcons and then also losing the Super Bowl with the 49ers. Um, will Shanahan be able to get over the hump? Both of these guys are super geniuses. Both are have, have had an extra week. And we know Andy Reid with that extra week, historically speaking, mm-hmm. that means there's going to be some, some uh, you know, fancy plays, something that we haven't seen all season long that they've been working on for a while yep. but haven't shown. And so which team was is going to be able to dial up some stuff scheme-wise offensively to specifically attack the defense that they're going against? Cannot wait to see this one. Like I said, the dudes are divided. Dave's <laughs> with the Bay Area boys. I'm going with those Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> and if you dig prop bets or just want to be the coolest dude at your Super Bowl party, head on over to footballdudes.com. Dave has put together a killer prop sheet. Some of the best bets out there. Go to the site, print it up, bring them to the party, and it's easier to make friends that way. Dave, you have a favorite prop that you're looking forward to this weekend? <laughs> I know. Heads or tails, Casey's my favorite. I'm going tails. It never fails. But I'll tell you what, folks. The the prop sheet is really unique because uh, it's a 10-question deal. Uh, and each question is essentially a 50-50 proposition. You have to decide heads or tails, et cetera, et cetera, as you go down the list. Um, and it's pretty exciting. Five bucks a person, 10 bucks a person, whatever you want. Winner take all. Um, it, it turns out to be a nice uh, additive to the the grid uh, that has become so popular for these big games. That's right, baby. Oh, how stoked are you, bro? Woo! Completely stoked. How about you? Totally stoked, baby. Ain't nothing to it but to do it. Let's get it on Sunday, Super Bowl Fifty Eight, the Forty Niners and the Kansas City Chiefs for NFL supremacy. So many ways you can check out the football dudes. The Trenzo now available for subscription on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music. Yep. And subscribe to our YouTube channel, please. Go ahead and like us on Instagram and Facebook. Follow us on Twitter, aka X at Football Dudes LA. And make sure you tag us across all the social media platforms, please. And if you're out there surfing the webs, go ahead and bookmark footballdudes.com you will not regret it that is going to do it for this episode of the trend zone we're not the suits that talk football we're the dudes that know football for dave i am casey enjoy the super bowl oh yeah